Welcome to Network Marketing Success Secrets. I'm your host, Gloria McDonald. On this podcast, I'm going to share with you all of my best tools, tips, ideas, and techniques to help you get more leads, have a steady stream of highly qualified prospects coming in every single day, close more sales, and recruit more team members so that you can spend more time doing the things you love and less time doing the things you don't. I'm curious, let me ask you, how much could you really achieve and accomplish if you had a clear, simple, and proven roadmap to success and a mentor who knows how to guide you each step of the way? In this moment, you're standing on the threshold of an amazing life, and it's time for you to walk across that threshold to finally achieve your dreams with clarity and confidence, no matter how big your dreams may be. I know you can achieve these dreams because you are amazing, genius, and divine. Now let's get to the episode. Have you ever struggled in your business? Well, if you're anything like the rest of us, I bet you have. And today I'm here with my very good friend and colleague, Mary Scott. Mary started off her career as a nurse, then became a psychotherapist. And then back around 2004, Mary got into network marketing And Mary and her partner created a team of over 2,000 people, and they were one of the top two earners in all of Australia. And then things happened. Right, Mary? Correct. (laughs) Went down the slippery slope, Gloria. That's what happened. (laughs) So tell us a little bit about, I mean, a team of 2,000 people, you know, Mary, that there are extremely few people on the planet who've ever built a team of 2,000 people in network marketing. That in and of itself is a huge task, huge. Oh, absolutely. And it doesn't come easy, does it? You've got to be consistent, persistent. And I think at that time it was spread over about eight or nine countries, pretty global. And, you know, a lot of them were people that loved the product that we had. They became product users. And out of them we also got some business builders. So it was a pretty good balance because, you know, you're always up against that, aren't you? Because if you've got a good product, and we did, then you've got to think, okay, is this what I want to have in my body? And some people put that before the business for some reason. They, They get excited about the business, then they get the products and they start using them and then they start talking about them and I think they lose their way there. Because they actually get in, most people get into a business to make money. They yes. might not that, but that's what they want. They don't always articulate it. And so, and so that part is always, in my opinion, is a bit slow to get started. They get excited. And I think you have to be passionate about what you're involved in. Look at you. You're very passionate. You're a testament to that. But I think yes. people lose their way between the product and the business, and how to bring those two together is a powerful thing. And we managed to do that quite successfully. I have to admit, back in those days, I did all the training. My partner was the main recruiter, and that was appropriate for my background and her background. So it worked really well. It was a good mix. Right. And so you got to a point where, and we're talking a while ago here, where you were making $25,000 a month and then, bam, down to $200 a month. Correct. What happened, Mary? (laughs) Well, it was a combination of things. 
Back then, the company we were with decided in their infinite wisdom, I'm choosing my words very wisely here, to change the compensation plan. Mm. So suddenly the carpet was pulled. We also were in a situation where we're involved in very, very serious fires here in Australia and some of our main players um, lost their houses. Someone in our business actually died in the fires, like it was a significant impact. Combine those two and we were insolvent overnight. We went bankrupt, down the slippery slope and out the other side. And that's what happened. And I have to say at that time, Gloria, I vowed and declared never to be involved with an online business ever again. That's what I vowed and declared. I think that was um, around February, March 2008 when I declared that. Wow. And then, but you had to do something to earn money, right, Mary? Unless I missed the point that you're, you know, independently wealthy and I, and I forgot that part, right? <laughs> An independently wealthy person who declared bankruptcy, not likely. <laughs> so, but you had to reinvent yourself. So what did you do? Well, a series of things after I had a bit of a cry and realized <laughs> it was not going to get any better unless I changed something. And I remember clearly getting up, what am I going to do? And I had a good friend who had a garage who serviced cars and he had vouchers and he said, you can go door to door selling these if you like. I said, okay. Oh, my gosh, you know, walking. Wow. And where I live, it was summer. So I walked and I sold vouchers and I walked and I walked and I walked and it was very humbling, put it mildly. And from then there, I found a job on the internet, cold calling people for holidays. And so for $20 an hour, I would cold call people for holidays and we'd make bonuses and I made a few bonuses. But once again, quite humbling, I can tell you. Because all we did was push buttons and talk to people on the phone. And then then I bounced from that. A a friend had an immigration agency. She was a very well-respected immigration immigration agent she said come and work for me so for seven months I left home and I learned the skills of being an immigration agent it was amazing really fruitful learned a whole lot of technical expertise that I had no clue about and then <laughs> once again came home and thought what am I going to do reinvent myself or like think of all the pivots I've made here and then I decided, a friend of mine said, why don't you get into security? And I'm like, oh, my gosh, security? Anyway, with my nursing background, I managed to get a medic security job and I worked in underground mining, open-cut mining in the coal industry. From there, I went to working in a detention centre in the middle of the Pacific, very hot conditions, very stressful. I had a staff of around about 65 people. And I had something like 900 asylum seekers in my care. So it was very challenging. It was exciting, adrenaline pumping. But you know what? After three years of going back and forth, four and a half hour plane trip away from home from it for extended periods, I'd had enough. I was like, no, no more. And my contract finished. I think they probably wanted to get rid of me anyway, Gloria, because I was a little bit outspoken. No, not you, Mary. (laughs) Not you. (laughs) Well, I started looking on the internet and that's where I found my current business and that was uh, in May 2016. 
So you have done a ton, a ton, a ton of reinventing. And well, well, you and I both know that we share a similar story in terms of I didn't have to declare bankruptcy, but I came so, so, so close. And I also had to reinvent myself. So Mary, what? I mean, we, you and I have talked about this, you know, network marketers get all excited, right? A new business. And, and then what happens? Well, it's interesting, you know, when you get in a new business, you've got this thing called hope, haven't you? It's going to be different. And it doesn't matter how much money you invest. You still got the hope. You get all excited, you get in, you know, and then, oh, my gosh, I've got to learn so many things. This isn't working. This is not for me. And so then the disillusionment cycle. So it hope, disillusionment. And I've watched many people do this and they get all excited. It's like if you're placing ads on one of the social media platforms, you get all excited. Oh, it looks good. Everyone's going to love this ad. Hope again. You wake up the next morning, zero ads. Hmm, you're in disillusionment again. That didn't work. Then the next day, what happens? Gets a bit of traction. You get some leads. Oh, up you go again. And that's the cycle. And what I've witnessed is a lot of people go up, a lot of people come down, and they never go up again. They give up for whatever reason. It could be naysayers. You can never do this, you know, that critical voice, all of that. It could be external people. And that takes them out of the game, never to return. Oh, no, maybe, maybe just there might be another company and the whole cycle starts again, hope, disillusionment. I'm sure yeah. you've seen that. I certainly have. In oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, so how do you survive the cycle of hope and disillusionment to get you through the long haul, because you're sharing with me just before we started this, that in the last seven days alone, in seven days, guys, in seven days, you've made $17,000 US profit, not revenues, but $17,000 US profit in the last seven days. So obviously, you have lived through the roller coaster of hope, disillusionment, hope, disillusionment. How do you stick with it long enough? to get to the level of success that you've gotten to, Mary? I think it's all about the six inches between your ears, Gloria. Yeah. I think you have to learn to manage your emotions. And I I actually believe that that, that that needs to be the first step. If you want to go into any business, it doesn't matter what it is, you have to manage your emotions. And when you look at the last year or so, if you haven't been managing your emotions, you're probably already down the slippery slope. For sure, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so when when you have these challenging times where you've had the hope and the disillusionment, that's when you need to manage your emotions and start to back yourself. You have to believe in yourself. You have to believe that you're worthy. And, you know, a lot of people won't say to me, when I say, why do you want a business? They won't say, I want to make money. I want to be wealthy. They dart around it. They, well, I'd like to be more comfortable than I am. You know, wealthy is, you know, wealthy thinking, manifesting wealth. These are good things. And there has so much. Well, I had a father who said, you know, that money is just 
it's a dirty word around here, you know. You, you, you can't be going making money. But, you know, for me it's actually what the money can give you and the life that you can have and how much more forward you can be thinking. I don't know if you've heard the saying, pay it forward, but what a beautiful thing to be able to pay it forward. And Absolutely. I always tell people, you know, to remember why they got in. So when you are down that side of disillusionment, you've got to remember your why. I'm in my office today talking to you and up above my computer I have my mind map. So if I ever get short of, you know, what am I doing this? I look at this every morning when I come in. So you've got to be really clear to know what your why is because your why will help sustain you when you're doing the up and down bit. Yeah, and you and I have also had this conversation before about the enemy of great is good. So don't you find, I mean, you and I have both had our backs up against the wall financially, like absolutely up against the wall, and we had zero choice. We had to do something, and we had to reinvent ourselves. What do you think about this idea that the enemy of great is good? Well, I think that... Is being great another dirty word? <laughs> well, for some people, right? Yeah. it's. A, I put it in the category of, you know, when people say, I don't want to be greedy. Oh, that's so selfish. You know, like I'm of the age that those words were used a lot. Yep. No, but being great to me is being who you're truly meant to be to know thyself and be thyself, you know. How powerful is that? And, yeah. and, and it doesn't interfere with anyone else because it's only you. And, you know, the other thing, Gloria, is that what I've seen over many years is that people are looking externally. They're looking out there to feel good. Mostly people just want to feel good, you know. Yeah. And they look out there. But it's all here. You just got to tap into it. Absolutely, 100%. And I think uh, one time I had um, a friend brought a friend of hers to lunch at my house. And this was back when we were living the high life before I lost everything. And we lived in a great big, huge house. Um, and this woman looked around, and I'd never met her before, but she looked around and she was like, oh my gosh. This is way too big for two people. And then she went on this rant about money and how awful it was and everything. And I just said, and I still absolutely, with every fiber of my being, believe this. I said to her, she, you know, she said, oh, I helped so many people, you know, working in the soup kitchen. And I was like, well, I can guarantee you I've helped far more people, you know, building a business. Because I believe that if you teach a man to fish, you feed him for a lifetime. And if you give a man to fish, you feed him for a day, right? And then I pointed to various pieces of artwork. I said, see that piece of artwork over there? Because I bought that, I supported that artist. See that over there? Because I bought that, I supported that artist. See that over there? Because I bought that, I supported that person. And I honestly believe that the more money we have, the more we bless other people. I think limited, small-minded thinking is just that, very limited and small-minded, and we cannot help 
an abundance of people with limited small-minded thinking. That's my Absolutely. And, you know, you don't help the poor by being one of them. Right. Yep. You know, and I think a good friend of mine, Shane, he's, he, he talks about, you know, he loves to buy cars. So you buy the car, the people that put the car together, the, the parts that came to, like, if you really think about it, it's, it's a huge, huge oh, benefit to so many people when we purchase things. And I've noticed with these crazy times, they're encouraging everyone to buy locally. Now, why is that? It's the same thing, isn't it? We're yeah. buying locally because we can look after people within our um, district, if you like. And real, I encourage people who are listening to this to think about that. It's not about holding all your money back here and not not giving it out. I've, I've got this, well, I learned this from Shane as well. I have to confess it's not my thing, but velocity and immediacy. I know that we've talked about this. And this is the story of money. So many people wait, for, you know, the bill comes in and it's, due at the end of the month, they hold the money back and they wait to the 11th hour just to pay it so they don't get, you know, fees and charges. And the velocity and the immediacy, just keep flowing the money in. Make that go in and out and in and out. And I've been practising that for several years now and I can tell you at times I've got down to 197 in the bank, another bill comes in, pay it. And then the money comes back in again, velocity and immediacy. It's a beautiful thing. And once again, it's all about the six inches between your ears, isn't it? It is. It absolutely is. Yes. And I totally agree with you, Mary. The universe loves speed. It just does. So, Mary, if you had to um, share with our guests what you think your biggest secret to success has been. I know I'm putting you on the spot there with that. But what would you say it's been? I didn't give you any warning about this question, so. (laughs) I think you have my secret to being successful is being consistent in my daily method of operation. Consistent and persistence. I think that's the umbrella and everything else is held under there. When I say that, what I mean is consistency, persistency, and then underneath there, what you do, income-producing activity, you do that every day. Do you visualise where you're going every day? You know, do you do, do enough training every day? Do you educate yourself? Because personal growth, like I'm, I'm completely biased. I did my first personal growth course in 1972, which will make everyone laugh on this call. But I've been... I've been on this path for a long time and the six inches between your ears are so important. But I think all of that sits under being consistent, being persistent. You know, every day I get up, every day I get up and I know what I'm doing. I'm, I'm, I'm clearly planned. I, I, I operate on a digital calendar. It reminds me on my phone and everything and that's how I can be consistent because I know what I'm doing. And yeah. even when I didn't know what I was doing, I was doing the thing to know the thing, you know. And here's another good good little thing I'll share with you. To know a thing and not to do is not to know. 
Yes, love that. And you just got to keep doing it, and 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 you got to have belief. And if you personally don't have a have belief, borrow it from someone. Because there's bound to be someone around you that's got belief, and borrow it until you feel confident and strong enough yourself. But Absolutely. Yeah. And and I, everyone, every single person had to start from ground zero, right? Every single person who ever started a business started from ground zero. And many, many, many of us who have been very successful have had it all <laughs> wiped away. <laughs> you know, we've lost it all and we started from ground zero again, right? Absolutely. And, and so if you're thinking, oh, but I don't know enough, but I haven't been successful yet, we'll join the club. Join the club, right? You and I, Mary, were both successful until we weren't. And then we had to get successful again. So join the club and, and you just have to dig in and start doing it. And you, I agree with you completely, Mary. You have to borrow other people's belief until you've got your own. And you've got to be absolutely rock solid, consistent and persistent, as you say. And you have to work with the six inches between your ears so that you can level out that emotional roller coaster. Right, Mary? Oh, absolutely. You know, it's a lot easier to manage this. Yes. You just think of the surf. I'm sure that's not what you're thinking, you know, with the snow on the ground or ice. <laughs> but if you think of the surf, it finds its way. It finds its level. And that's exactly the same with our lives, except that too often we give the control to external pressures, people, to actually run our own life. You have to know yourself. You have to manage that. And I think once you manage that, it's so exciting because it empowers you so much more to get out every day and just do do the thing and focus on why you're here. Think of your why, be consistent. Oh, my goodness. It, it gets me all fired up because I know that it works. And you know what? It's so sad. So many people give up, don't they, Gloria? They're just about yes. there. They've done yes. the work. And then they, they call you up and they're, I've had enough. I can't do this anymore. And I'm like, no, don't give up now. You're so close. And that's about self-belief. That's about backing yourself. And I also think I think the people that we, our circle of influence, our people that are influencing us, they're most, a lot of those people are our family, incidentally, and they're some of the biggest naysayers that you're ever going to have. Isn't and that the truth? <laughs> for some reason, we believe them more than we believe ourselves. And I get sad about that. Yeah. So many people with such potential, and not just in network marketing, across the board, where they get drawn into other people's opinion. I remember in my psychotherapy practice years ago, a woman came to me and she said, Oh, I'm just so confused. I was going to leave my husband and then I talked to 10 friends and and now I've just got no idea what I think or how I feel. Or And I said, what made you think your friends would know better than you? Oh, well, you know, this one's had this and this. And there's an assumption, isn't it, that they will know better than us. And, and I just said, pause, just, you know, stop. Just go away and reflect. And, and decide for yourself. But you see, by then you've got 10 people's ideas in your head and you have no clue what 
or how you really feel about matters that are important. And I see that in business every day where people have, yeah. well, they're condescending towards, you know, and network marketing particularly. I think we get a beating around the ears for, for I think, ill-informed people. Absolutely. They're not prepared to do their due diligence and to understand what actually we're about. Yeah. So, Mary, I know you're a specialist in what's going on in that six inches between the ears, and that's what you're all about. You've got amazing tools and resources and, and programs with your company. So if one of our listeners wants to find you, where's the best place for them to to find out more about what you're doing? I think go to my website, wealthwithpassion.com. That that will find me. Great. You know, come with an open mind and an open heart because I think there's lots of room for people that are willing to be coached and are also willing to be trained. That's the key, isn't it? That's the beginning. That's right back here. Right. So go to wealthwithpassion.com to find out more about what Mary does and connect with her. Again, that's wealthwithpassion.com. Thank you so much, Mary. I really appreciate everything you shared today. Thank you, Gloria. It's been a privilege to speak with you. Take care.